everyone, and welcome back to Pretend Worlds Real People. As always, I'm Tyler, and as of this last Saturday, May 13th, 2023, I am officially 31. I don't feel it. I have been told I don't look it, but I, I find it really boring now. I can no longer say I'm a freshly, you know, 30-year-old person. I have to say, you know, yeah, I'm in my 30s, I'm 31. It's just, it's so boring. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> that is the only update I, I have outside of just sending in for auditions. Seems like things are still going on production-wise, despite the the strike, which I haven't heard any news about. But to all my my writing peers, my writing friends, I'm right there with you, and I hope there are uh, you know there, there's some progress to be made and some talks to be done very very soon. Speaking of talks, because I'm horrible at segues, I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode because I, I did watch the movie that we will discuss, uh, the movie that this guest of the show is a breakout star in, and that would be Evil Dead Rise. I love the franchise. I'm a huge fan of Army of Darkness. That's probably my favorite one, which could be a hot take to, to some fans. But this one, I mean, it will test your gore limits. I realize I can no longer handle it like I could in middle school slash high school. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> I do address that in this episode because our guest had uh, her scalp just just torn off of her skull in the first act of this movie. And it was I'm like dry heaving just thinking about it. But <laughs> with all that, she had a blast on set. I have, of course, I'm talking about Mirabai Peace, who is an amazing actor she is so dynamic. I can't wait to see more of what she does. But, you know, we, we talk about, you know, some of the usual stuff here, her upbringing, uh, you know, and becoming an actor, going into the performing arts. But what really stands out in this episode is, you know, having a parent who's already in the industry and in the industry in a different country that's completely separated from, you know, Los Angeles or New York or Vancouver. So it was really cool not only getting to hear her story about how she was essentially kind of like raised on sets, but becoming a you know an actor in New Zealand of all places, which is something I don't think we've had on this show before. It was an absolute joy. I hope I can have her back on the show. She is currently starring in a television show called The Gulf outside of Evil Dead Rise. So if you haven't seen Evil Dead Rise yet, you know, maybe start with The Gulf and work your way into Evil Dead Rise. Or if you're just crazy, go right into Evil Dead Rise. Now, without further ado, let's sit down and have a chat with the wonderful Mirabai Peace. Hi, my name is Mirabai Peace, and I am an actor. And this is the first question I always have to ask everybody. When did this interest, this curiosity, this, this passion for acting start for you? When did that begin? It began when I was very little. Uh, I grew up as a crew baby. So my dad was a first AD for my sort of whole childhood and teenagehood. So I always I always loved set and it was always very tangible to me. I don't know if that necessarily installed like the love for acting, but it definitely, it made me aware of it being a career and it being an interest. Um, and then I also, I mean, both my parents are very creative. So my mom sent me to the School of Philosophy in Sydney, which is, 
Yeah, it's it's a really amazing primary school where they get kids to perform a Shakespeare at the end of each year. Um, no matter what year you are. So you're, you could be year zero. I don't know if you have that in America, but year zero to year six, you perform a Shakespeare play. Um, I was there for three years. So I think in year two, I did like As You Like It. Year three, I did. No, year two was The Tempest. Year three was As You Like It. And year four was Macbeth. And so I think there's a really obvious uh, time. That was a really obvious time to fall in love with acting. <laughs> Yeah, that's I've never heard of that, especially doing it that young. I mean, when you were I'm not I mean, it's a while ago, but when you were doing that, did you feel like, oh, it seems like something I, I want to do, you know, further on? Or was it more of a this is just a school thing? I'm just going to get through it <laughs> and see what. Happens. No, no, I think I, I was I knew as soon as I was doing it, I was like, oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I was already doing dancing and I knew what acting was because because of my upbringing. But um, I think as soon as I was on that stage and I could feel that it was more than just doing the movements, because, of course, you know, when when you're little, when I was in year two, it was like just sort of saying the words and actually not knowing what they meant. And like, you know, <gasps> like, I'm so shocked, <laughs> you know, hands in the air being like a year two sort of that's probably like six years old or whatever but then as I progressed I realized it, it was it was like dancing but inside um and it felt really special and unique to me yeah yeah it's such a it's a weird experience especially I started later so I didn't have that as a child but I can only imagine you know your imagination is already at full force you're already brewing all these different scenarios and worlds that things just come full force to you and and with doing all of that did you have you know artists that you I don't want to say idolized but that you looked up to when you were younger that you saw their career and went I want to do what they did uh, that that would be really cool did you have anybody in mind yeah absolutely I um I mean I remember my my dad was a first AD on Charlotte's Web and so I remember going on to set and I was a bit younger than her, maybe. Oh, yes, I was probably quite a bit younger than Dakota Fanning. But I remember seeing her on set and her being an actor and being so excited by the thought of being able to do what I do on stage, but it not having to be Shakespeare and getting to be in like cute little like dungarees and like running around with pigs. Um, so I think I, I immediately formed like a, a an admiration for Dakota Fanning. And I've, I've I've definitely watched her career since because I think that was the first insight into into a professional actor. But I of course loved like Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman. I mean, Kira Knightley was Bender like Beckham. She was Love Actually. And as a little girl, I just loved those. And then as she grew up, she had such an amazing career. I mean, I and when I was a teenager, I became a really big fan of Joe Wright. So she did. Atonement, Pride and Prejudice, um, Anna Karenina. And I just, yeah, Kira Knightley for sure. And Natalie Portman because I, I saw myself in her and she was Star Wars, you know, she was Leia. So again, it was like when I was a little kid and I loved the Star Wars movies and then she grew up and I grew up and she was doing Black Swan and now she's doing Annihilation and Vox Lux. Like she's, yeah, I, I think I really attached myself to actors that grew up with me, even though they're quite a lot older than me, their careers grew as I grew. 
yeah, you start to notice the that shift in, in those uh, yeah. those progressions, right? Yeah, where they go from uh, uh, mainly a, a comedic actor for you know some of the other stars to oh, they can do drama really well. I never thought about that. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like Leia is a Star Wars action figure, but if you I mean she was Leon first, she was in Leon first, so it's 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 so exciting to to see that and people's careers and and to think it's not you know acting is not one thing it's not one job it's it's such a myriad of of beautiful worlds and imagination yeah yeah and you know what i'm not sure if it has happened for you yet for some you know it, it starts after they win a couple of awards and they go I think I'm ready to give this acting thing a proper shot. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, for the very fortunate ones, but when did you figure out, you know, this is what I want to do for a career. Has that moment passed you? And and when it did, what was that like for you? Yeah, I, I think it was after school for sure, because I had a few jobs during school um, professional acting jobs. I mean, I, I asked for an agent when I was 12, uh, which because I watched TV and I figured out what an agent was and I, I figured out how to get auditions and get a job. I did all that research on, on my own. And then uh, my mom was like, okay, we'll get you an agent. But I was still very much like uh, living a very normal kid life. You know, I did like the school musicals and I, I loved school. I loved learning. I was always a high achiever. So while acting, was there for me it, it I hadn't quite committed and I guess that's also being living in New Zealand as well like there's not a whole lot of work for actors especially when you're young and it's not go 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 it's just sort of very chill and relaxed um and so I, it wasn't until I graduated and I graduated with a scholarship so I was studying film and, and English at uni and I realized that acting while I was doing an audition every like here and there and I was doing theater it, it it didn't I knew that I hadn't committed that I wasn't going after the goal that I wanted since I was little as much as it needed and I just thought I need to give this a go now I, it's what I love and so I, I quit uni uh I, I mean I still I did it part-time for a while but I in theory quit uni I'm like so addicted to learning, so it's it's really hard for me to quit <laughs> to quit any form of learning. Um, but I yeah, and I I went to acting school, and so I, I yeah, it was an acting school that I really knew I wanted to be an actor, and I and I made the commitment to myself. I made it to other people, and installed that confidence and that knowing of being like, okay, yeah, this is what we're doing now. There's no other distractions that I'm letting myself have. And it, it kind of takes that. It, yeah, it, it, unless you get really lucky when you're little. I think when you're older, I don't, you probably went through, I don't know, did you get to a stage in your life where you were like, I have to commit or otherwise it's going to pass me by? Uh, honestly, yeah, it was the uh, first big movie I ever did where I was there for four or five days and wrapped filming and then went to see the premiere a, like a year later and i thought you know we'll, we'll we'll try this out and it's not you know it's not isolated as new zealand if new zealand is i wouldn't even say it's isolated but you know you're not in la you're not in new york you're not in vancouver you're not in sydney so 
you are really just trying to venture out and and give some sort of outreach to to build your career. And with your parents being so creative and you know so supportive of the arts, what was their reaction like to you saying, "I'm going to be a performer. This is going to be my job." <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I think they saw it coming. I, I'm definitely one of those kids. I, I think a lot of actors are that was always in front of the you know video camera when they were little dancing and mommy mommy look at me look at me don't look at Sylvie Sylvie's my sister um and so I mean they were they they didn't want to just push me into it they're not those kind of parents they wanted to make sure it was something I loved and they could see it was something I loved and they, I was so lucky that they nurtured that and, and they listened to me. But it, they only, it was only when I asked for an agent that they got me an agent, which I, I'm really thankful for because I, I would never want to be pushed into acting. It, it's, it's so wonderful to love acting and to, to really fight for it. Because if, you, if I had fallen into it, I think um, maybe some of the early rejection when I was really little um, would have pulled me out of it for sure because I got my first job when I was like 14 and you don't get job after job after job if unless it's you know very small percentage of people do but especially in New Zealand it's just like absolutely not and so I think my yeah my parents were definitely worried that the rejection would get to me but it didn't and my mom has instilled such a confidence inside me I'm like I remember from such a young age being like, oh, yeah, like I didn't get the role because I didn't look like the part. I'm like, yeah, you didn't. You don't look like the mom. So you didn't get the role. And I cannot tell you how important and like setting up the structures that was for me. Uh, and, And it made it, it really made it about the work, about getting good and about learning. Um, So. Yeah, I'll always be thankful for my parents. I, I'm I'm so lucky because so many people, parents are like, nope, you can't be an actor. That's absolutely not. You're going to get nothing out of that. <laughs> I don't trust you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they were supportive for sure. That's such a progressive way of thinking, especially when you're a parent trying to guide another creative into a very unstable career path, you know, that that uh logic of yeah you you didn't get it because you don't fit x y or z you know putting it outside of yourself instead of i don't know we've seen those those stage parents who just drill you know guilt into their kids and it's horrifying so that's that's lovely that you had that kind of support that's fantastic yeah absolutely you, you've <laughs> got to let them find it for themselves i mean look i'm i'm not a mom i can't i can't speak on that but i yeah, she let me, and my, you know, my parents let me find it for myself. They didn't push anything, and that's such a gift. <laughs> I do want to go back to, you know, you said you had your your first gig at fourteen. That's a very yeah. surreal experience, especially with being that young. What was that? If you can recall, what was that like for you? Yeah, it was so fun. It was so so fun, especially as my character was this naughty, bad influence uh to the other girl in the show it was about it was about um a detective and his daughter and then I was the daughter's like bad influence that kind of like led her astray and it was so fun for 14 year old me who was I was pretty I was was pretty 
goody two shoes, but I had like, no, I, I, I think I had started watching skins and I, I knew what it was <laughs> to be like edgy. <laughs> yeah. And it was nothing like skins, but I wanted to be a bit edgy. So I remember there was like a drinking scene and obviously it was water and I, I don't think I drank alcohol, but it was ever before then, but it was so fun to be able to like imitate that. And, and there were boys. Oh my goodness. I went to an all girls school. So there were boys on set and they were my age and my character was meant to be flirting with them. And I was like, what world is this? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's so funny how I remember it because obviously my 14-year-old brain wasn't like, oh, yeah, like, I'm on set, I get to do acting. It was like, wow, I'm drinking fake alcohol and now there's boys and I get to wear makeup. Um, but uh, uh, the, the most surreal part was that I met, I was working with Oscar, uh, oh, I, Oscar um He's an amazing New Zealand actor. He he's made a lot of New Zealand movies, and he's just been a he's actually another influence that I've had since I was little. And he was in it, and I remember doing a scene with him, and just being so nervous to meet him because I didn't, I hadn't met, you know, worked with celebrities, or um, you know, I, I'd met them whatever on set with my dad, but it was a very much like first baby's daughter, like chill oh you're so cute but now it was like okay I'm working with him I need to be professional and I need to be cool and he was just so so lovely to me and I immediately realized it was like that information like oh information installed that humans are all humans <laughs> we're all people <laughs> we're all you know like why would I expect him not to be so kind and generous and uh and yeah, I actually got to work with him more recently uh, last year on a project he did. And he was like, hey, you, we did that job together. And I was like, you remember? That was my first job. That's, yeah, yeah, We thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that was the most surreal out of all of it. And then also realizing on set, amongst all the frilly fun stuff, um, realizing a little bit what screen acting is. And, and and realizing I just had to be myself, especially for that role. It was it was very much kind of me except a little naughty me. And so it was dropping all of the theater that I'd done as I, when I was little and just letting it sink. Um, and so that, yeah, that was wild as well. <laughs> Being like, oh, it's not just making facial expressions. <laughs> uh it's like feeling stuff so yeah I'll always be forever grateful to that to that job and that you brought up something really interesting and a lot of my friends have brought it up as well and that's separating the theatrical performance from the film performance and finding you know a, a sort of almost like a personality profile for each of those as far as you know how do you approach it how do you attack that process so how long did it take you to figure out you know your process to fitting into film? Well, that's a good question. Um, it's interesting because now I, I find them, my processes are pretty much the same. I, I find them actually really close now. Um, the only difference, I guess, with, with theater is that there's an element of having to have like Mirabai a little bit present um, with the character on stage because 
things can go wrong and you have to find your light and there's just so many other elements that you don't always have to think about in film I think sometimes film lends itself really nicely to just letting yourself go and just letting yourself be the character um and yeah you've got continuity and and all of that but there's also a lot of other people worrying about that for you whereas in theater obviously you're kind you're on stage you're it like there's no one coming in and being like hey oh you you, oh you said the line wrong or you were holding the book like this you know that it's just all you um but yeah so I guess I to answer your question because I just ran on a bit of a tangent but to answer your question it took oh my gosh after coming out of acting school I had every single technique or idea of a process under the moon in my head and being the like massive geek that I was I just wanted to encompass all of it at all times and I would feel like if I didn't do like one of the techniques then well maybe I you know I'm not being professional I haven't worked hard enough and so it took me a while coming out out of acting school and oh my gosh all my tutors said this they were like when you come out you're gonna realize what suits you but it takes you a while so luckily I was given warning for that but I still thought I could do it all because <laughs> I wanted to be the one that does it all. Um, it took me a while to, to really let myself let go of, you know, techniques or, or whatever you want to call them and just really ask myself, hey, what works and um, what is sustainable? And, I mean, I'm always learning, so it's always going to change at the moment. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's maybe a year after acting school, which is a few years ago. That's when I felt like I had a process that worked. But now I've got another process that is really working for me at the moment because I've just been working with Tanya Nolan and the Margie Harbour Acting Studio. Um, and that's all about memories and imagination. So at the moment, I'm just really, really invested in imagination because memories, and this is something I've always been interested in. I actually did a paper at uni, like memory and film. And uh, this is the thing about learning. Like even when you're not learning about acting, you're learning about so much that informs it. But anyway, <laughs> I remember <laughs> learning about memory and imagination and they're so close together. They're, they're almost the same. Like you can, you can create an imagination and then tell yourself that's a memory. And you think it's a memory. And so I think that's a really nice way in to characters to, to be authentic and to be honest with them. For me, at least, it, it really worked for me. Um, and also imagination is why I got into this in the first place. I, I love imagination. It, and it's, it's like the, the play is at the center of imagination. So it's, it's, it's in there. That's my process. Imagination, which is like, yeah, obviously, actors imagine. but. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know everything but then yeah. a teacher tells you them and suddenly it clicks in ways that oh I didn't know it like that though you know I mean yeah I mean no you, nobody knows everything sorry but you know what I mean like you, you know that you need to imagine things but not until someone like unlocks that for you uh, yeah it, it's well for, for me sorry yeah, it's it's so interesting. I could talk about it all day, so I'll I'll stop there. But um, to summarize, 
<laughs> my process is creating memories for my character <laughs> when I get a script for auditions and roles that I get and tricking my brain into thinking that they are memories. Um, and so then going into scenes, being like, oh, no, this is me. And and every line I say is not a line. It's just a thought that my character thinks because because we're that's what humans do. <laughs> oh yeah no I, I first off i want to say like i love how excited you get about it because i yeah it, you put any cluster of actors in a seminar that teaches something like that we just get so like giddy and, and into it and next thing you know we're just deterring people from sitting next to us at the <laughs> local bar because they they are sick of hearing everything we're saying but i love the correlation of you know imagination and memory and creating this sort of this sense of flow every time you pick up new sides for a self-tape because you're going right back into that thought pattern and trying to craft and create and I do want to, to see you know with where you are right now and the fact that you know we're we're post-COVID we're still doing you know self-tapes what is your approach to uh you know outside of like that kind of prep but uh your approach to decompressing after let's say you have three or four self-tapes in a day you know, or maybe you get a few over the weekend when you had plans. How do you how do you decompress and kind of shake that off so you can get back to your life afterwards? Yeah, it's oh look, it's really funny because um, in New Zealand, and not to be like in New Zealand, it's so different, but it really is. Um, we don't necessarily get you won't ever really have more than one audition a week, really. Um, and even then, that's really lucky. There's lots of actors that, that don't get that many auditions. Um, so there's a lot of, there's always a lot of pressure when you get an audition to, 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 to do the best you can with it. Cause there's not as much work in New Zealand, of course. And then when you get international stuff, it's like, Oh, okay. I'm being seen over here. So I really need to, um, nail it. But I think obviously every actor thinks that to some degree, but, um, yeah, I'm the worst. <laughs> I <laughs> I let auditions take over my life as I do with roles. And so if I have an audition on the weekend, I'm like, cancel all my plans. <laughs> nope, sorry, I can't celebrate your birthday. Uh, I have an audition that I need to work on. So <laughs> cancel. <laughs> and then I'll do all my work on the audition and realize I can still celebrate their birthday. And be like, oh, sorry, I'm actually coming. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> The way I decompress from this all and manage that is yoga. I I do yoga like three to four times a week. And it really just reminds me to breathe. Like literally the teacher, uh, my favorite teachers are the ones that literally say breathe the entire practice. Like breathe in, breathe out as you go. And that's so helpful to me. Um, and to just reconnect my body to my mind and refine the joy refine the intention that I need that day and go out just feeling just go out like I just leave yoga remembering that I'm here to experience joy I'm doing these auditions for joy and um so yeah that's I I would say yoga is a big one and hanging out with friends like oh my gosh yeah there's nothing because I get so attached to my characters hanging out with friends is the best way to decompress for me because they remind you that you're you that you're not this other character 
Um, you're not your process and work isn't your whole life. You know, acting as much as acting becomes people's whole lives, it really isn't. And and friends, you do it for other people. You do it for your friends. You do it for your family. Um, so definitely just laughing with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best medicine, especially after some of the dour uh, audition some of us have to do it's gonna snap yeah. out of it uh yeah I'm really curious um I didn't think I'd ever see another new Evil Dead film after the one that was re- released 10 years ago that I thought okay well I can't do gore anymore so I'm gonna I don't have to do that again and then I see this one and you know you're seeing i just for those of you who haven't seen it, if you're not great with horror movies or gore, just don't order like a pizza before you before you do it. Probably not the best bet, but I do want to ask you about your experience, you know, auditioning for Evil Dead Rise and then what you uh, kind of brought with you and took away from being there and working on set. What was that experience like for you? Because that's that's so cool and disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. I love horror. I, you know, I even when I was doing uni, I did a paper on horror. So I've always been a, a, a big fan. And, and I, of course, know what Evil Dead is and how big it is. And as soon as I read the script, I, I really knew it was going to be a good Evil Dead movie as well. I mean, I love them all, but I, I had so much faith and trust and excitement in, in, in the script and, and what it would be. And so, yeah, auditioning, I just did the one audition. And I hate it when people say that. Like, I hate it when I hear people just didn't even do, because I've been in, in, I've been in the place where I've done like five auditions and then not gone the part. So, so I know how annoying it is to be like, yeah, I just like did an audition and then got a call and I got it. But it was, it was, it was kind of simple like that. Um, But we weren't, it was. I auditioned when like the rest of the world was in COVID. So we, but we in New Zealand weren't. So I luckily had an in-room audition, which is so good for horror, especially because the casting, like you need a casting director. Casting directors are so incredible. And, and the casting director for this built the world for me and really helped me see what was going on because that is vital, (laughs) especially (laughs) in horror when you're just in a room and you're trying to imagine someone's running at you and you're trying to like have like literally like the most like scary thing that's ever happened to you in your life is happening right now in this room and you're imagining it uh so yeah I'm I'm just really thankful it, it, it wasn't a self-tape uh for that reason but yeah man it was it was it was one audition <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, oh, oh, you had you asked about what I took out of the experience yeah, as well, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, just how much fun it is, you know. No matter how big or small the set is, just it's just all sets are kind of the same in that it's everyone's coming together to make this movie or this tv show or whatever and everyone everyone's job is the most important job on it you know we had prosthetics and makeup and like 
art department, you know, all the different departments all coming together to make, honestly, I don't understand how, how it happens. Like, I don't want to say what happens to my character because it's kind of a spoiler, but uh, something happens. Anyway, it, it's a big <laughs> thing and it happens to lots of different characters in the movie, but they just make that happen. And I always think I'm like, oh, we'll like fix it in post, blah, blah, blah. But literally it was amazing to see on set that the makeup artist and the prosthetics and the costume were, this was literally having happening in front of my eyes. Like I was literally seeing like heads being ripped off. I mean, obviously not a real head, but it looked like <laughs> it. And I was seeing, uh, you know, like dead eye that like, I oh, just, it's so, it's just so amazing to appreciate what you are given on set and that is everyone doing their job to the best they can do it um and it really makes you go yeah well i'm here to to do the bit my job the best i can do it as well um so it's yeah i I think what i took out of it was like every set it's it's a team and it's a ship and we're we're running to make the ship work and how how lucky we are to have that time together well, you guys, you knocked it out of the park in the bloodiest of ways. Uh, before I get to my last few questions, though, I need to ask you right off the cuff, what is, if you have one, what is your favorite horror movie or your guilty pleasure horror movie, if that's easier to answer? I haven't, I've, I've got an immediate answer for my favorite horror movie, and that is Suspiria, the original. I just love that movie. I, I I love aesthetic movies. I'm a real aesthetics girl, but that movie is just like, oh, aesthetic pleasure. It is a pleasure to watch. You know, it's like the colors just do something to, they take you into another world. And and then I watched the remake as well. I'm not, it's not a remake, actually. It's a completely new movie. And I love that too. I, you know, it's that is up there now with one of my favorite movies, but Suspiria original will always hold the place of my favorite horror film. So can I ask you what your favorite horror movie is? Oh God, I wasn't ready for that. I was <laughs> like, you know, she's going to, she's going to pass over this. That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> keep in mind, listeners, it's like midnight my time. So if my answer is like not good enough, it's just because <laughs> I'm tired. That's all it is. Uh, no, honestly, I, um, God, that's, I really need to start asking myself these questions. Because uh, I'm just never prepared, but I will say, <laughs> the horror film I absolutely love and have watched the least, and yet still own—I've only seen it maybe three times—is The Strangers. I haven't seen The Strangers. It's actually on my list. I have a. Oh, I oh, want to watch haven't. it so bad. I haven't seen it. No, I I'm gonna watch it. It probably oh. tonight. Now that you've mentioned it, I'm like, that's right. That's a movie I need to watch. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I remember seeing it in, I think I saw it and I was 16 in a theater jam packed and all of us are like, all the music is, is diegetic. It, you know, any music comes from the film itself. So you're sitting there and if something happens or music's playing, you're on edge for, I think it's only 97 minutes, something really, really short. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely, you know, watch that one. Let me know what you think. And then the sequel is. A little more pulpy, a little more meta. Like they they address, you know, what they're kind of going for. They're going for almost a carpenter sort of feel instead of this like um yeah. 
French new wave of horror, like high tension. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's just it's a fantastic horror movie. And I cannot wait for you to watch it. Just, you know, triple check your locks on your doors. Um, before Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, but carrying on into the last few questions I have for you. The biggest one is if you have a party story that you could share with our listeners. So something that has taken place throughout your maybe your life, your career, uh, something you've experienced that just stands out so immensely, you would easily tell the story to friends at a party. My potty story. Okay. I think my potty story is from my first job that I talked a bit about before. And because it just sticks out to me because it was embarrassing um and oh I'll t- okay I'll tell it so I <laughs> it was my last day of filming for, for the job and it was I was so excited because my last few scenes were my character throws a party and all these people come to my house and I was like oh my gosh all these young people are gonna be like on set hanging out it's gonna be like a real party uh and then but that, those were like at the end of the day. So I had like all these other scenes throughout the day that I had to get to before I got to that one. So I wake up and I am so sick, like flu sick, just disgusting, like snotty, like hot and cold. But I'm like, no, I, this is the last day. I can't not be there. And I'm professional because, you know, I'm 14. You don't know what professional means. <laughs> you know, professional to a 14 year old is like going to school when you're sick because you're going to get your work done. So I was like, nope, I'll go. Like, are you sure you're okay? I was like, yeah, like I think it's just a bit of a cold. I'll be fine. It's also pre-COVID as well. So I'm not putting anyone in danger. (laughs) (laughs) Pre, 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 pre pre-COVID. And also it's really hard to reschedule film and TV, right? Like it's, there's a lot of people's jobs everyone's coming in to to set up for these scenes and changing it costs money um and I was aware of that because like I knew my dad's a first AD literally he's the one that when someone's like I can't come into set today it's the worst the first AD is the one that like solves all the problems along with lots of other people so I think there was also an element of that of like first ADing myself um so I walked on to set like go on in and I'm just trying to protect, just telling everyone like, oh, hey, everybody, like, how are you feeling? You look a bit green today. Like, no, I feel absolutely fine. Um, not sure what you're talking about, but could I get a blanket? Because I'm freezing. <laughs> um, and then like five minutes later, oh, could I get like an iced tea? I'm really hot, like taking my layers off. And so the first thing was in a principal's office, I think, and it was with, you know, like the principal would have been played by a really significant New Zealand actor who I, I can't remember who played the principal, but I remember knowing their face and really wanting to do well for them. And my character was being questioned. And so I was like, you know what? I can control this. I can control the snot. I can control the chills. Let's work through this. And then they, they call action and I'm doing it. I'm getting through it because, you know, you get adrenaline and you're absolutely fine. Like adrenaline actors whenever they perform, they could be like the sickest and they're absolutely fine. But my one, my one thing I will say that is really hard to work past with adrenaline is 
stomach sick. And I, during the scene, I'm like, oh, and my stomach is just like, uh oh. And I can just feel myself like wanting to throw up. But I was like, no, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to throw up in the middle of a take. So I literally wait till I finish the scene somehow with like as much adrenaline as I can like pump into my body. And then as soon as I call car, I just like sprint off there and just start vomiting in the bushes. And of course, I'm 14, so I have a chaperone. So my chaperone's like running after me. It's like, you okay, Mirabai? They're like on the radio, like, I don't know what's happening. She's running. And then, oh, no, okay, she, she uh, switched to two. And, you know, switch to two means I need to have a private chat with someone or switch to 15, whatever channel on the radio it, it was. But And so then I was just like vomiting and then getting up out of the bushes and being like, no, absolutely fine. I think I just had like food poisoning. I'm ready to go now. And then like vomiting again, just trying to convince the chaperone that I'm okay. And eventually the chaperone was like, okay, fine. We'll let you finish the scene but we need to figure out like what we're going to do with you. So I finished the scene just vomiting in between takes. Um, and then luckily my next scene, I had a break. And so the chaperone took me to the cast trailer and like gave me a pillow and a blanket and just let everyone know, Hey, Mirabai's a bit sick. So we'll just let her chill out for the next like hour or how, however they had. Um, but the funny thing about the show is it's a crime show. Uh, like there's like uh, druggies and gangsters and you know all those sort of crime related people and so and we share our trailers in New Zealand you don't have you don't necessarily have your own trailer if it's a New Zealand show and so through the day I was like sleeping like this poor little like 14 year old girl sleeping and vomiting and just these guys would come in with like big leather jackets and like tatted up and like long straggly hair and it was it's just it was such a surreal moment of like being in and out of consciousness and seeing these like really big scary men who are like lovely actors but you know like I, I was not really in in my full self and so it was yeah I just remember like fading in and out and these poor actors like had to deal with this like just like disgusting little 14 year old vomiting and that's that's my story and it still it still cringes me out and I feel (laughs) yeah I would not do that now just so everyone knows (laughs) if I'm sick (laughs) I will let people know (laughs) that is like that is, I'll be honest, that's my worst nightmare working on a set, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, and you went through that at 14 and you're just like, no, um, guys, I'm good. I'll just, I'll sleep for a little, I'll sleep for a little bit. And I'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> um, I, I think that may be, you know, one of the most like horrific party stories we've had on this show. <laughs> well, just... that, you know what, that's, that's so that suits me fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate that. And and with that comes a great follow-up question. And that's if you have any advice you could pass on to our listeners that you've personally held on to, whether they are somebody who's looking to start a career in you know the entertainment industry or they've been in it and they're trying to stay in it during these crazy times we live in. Is there anything you could pass on to them? Well, first and foremost, if you're sick, let people know. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I think uh, I've probably talked about it so much already on this podcast, but never stop learning. It, 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 it's so, it's so enriching and not only, you know, helps if you're studying, literally doing acting classes, so great for, you know, your, your scope and to keep it fresh as well, but also any learning. It's like be curious because we're playing. If you if you really want it, then you are gonna be all different types of people who know all different types of things. So I think stay curious. Re- remember the joy. Always have that the playfulness. And actually, this is something that I was talking to a New Zealand um, actor and creator, and he his name is Joe Damon because I'm about to quote him. Um, he said this really beautiful thing that I've always subscribed to, but he just said it so beautifully. And it's that when you're young, you love things unconditionally. So he talks about how he loved walking when he was little and how he loved films. And so I really, I loved playing. I loved acting. Um, I loved performing. And he says, you know, when you get older, you become an adult and you think, this part of growing is letting go of all of these things that you loved when, as you were a kid. But the thing is, if you love something unconditionally, doesn't that mean you can never stop loving it? And so it's, it's, it's really sad that we let go of those things because you, you still love them. Even if, even if you put them to a side, you know, even if he put, if he, even if he didn't go for walks, he would still secretly love it, but bury it with, you know, all this other stuff that we build up. And so uh, my advice is, is to find, you know, to, to remember that, you know, if, you, if you're doing this because you love it, which you should be, because it's, as you know, it, it's not like, it's not this easy breezy sort of green field. So remember that and, and, and nurture that like inner child, um, because that and your friends and your family is, is what makes it worth it. And it's, it makes the lows and the highs so loving and so filling. Um, so that would be that would be my advice: friends, family, and a child. Learning <laughs> to bullet point it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I absolutely love it, especially the uh, you know the the friends part, the family part, the the sense of community that you need. Don't go at this alone because it's a lot more lonely than you'd expect <laughs> as as an artist yeah. if you don't have any support it's and that's no way to live uh i do also want to see of course you know evil dead rise i have to promote that with the episode but if there's anything else i can promote for you in the episode notes could be a project you're really excited about maybe a show you're watching right now could be a charity that you're really passionate about is there anything that comes to mind that i could share for you i mean yeah evil dead rise the best it's such a great movie um and also watch some new zealand tv we have some really interesting stuff out there uh so do a little search i know there's some shows that can be found um like the golf i don't know about other shows but um i think yeah watch some watch some new zealand television and then also i just finished a play called champions written by isabella mcdermott and directed by harriet mayer and it's the debut of the play and it's such a beautiful play. So I think watch out for that as well, because it's 
it's got a it's got a bright future ahead of it. Oh yes, and I'm always an advocate for you know watching anything outside of what we have in the states <laughs> because it's all just wonderful. Uh, no, I, I really appreciate you sharing all of those. And uh, for the last thing we have to do, I mean, first I want to say thank you again for your time and, and joining me in this talk and nerding out over horror movies. Uh, you know, I hope as your career continues to grow that you can come back to the show and we'll just, we'll keep talking horror movies and just awkward moments on yeah. set. Hopefully I won't have a food po poisoning or, you know, stomach flu experience, but if I do, I'm going to tell you first, because uh, you just brought that into the ether. You owe that to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do need to preface this last question by asking if you've ever seen Wayne's World. I have not seen Wayne's World, no. Oh, I've heard of it, but I actually don't even think I know what Wayne's World is. Is that really bad of me? What is Wayne's World? <laughs> it's it's not bad. <laughs> so I, I cut my teeth on uh, American comedies from the early 90s when I was a, a very small child, way too young. Uh, but Wayne's World is, you know, two slackers, I want to say, rock aficionados who have a public access show in one of their parents' basement, and uh, they end up getting bought out by a company. And there is a moment in the film where things go bad. I won't spoil it for you, but <laughs> one of the hosts is left on stage by himself, and he just kind of has a like a, a scanner's moment where he's kind of freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. So that is the uh, point of origin for what I like to call the awkward goodbye. So essentially, I'll give you a silent three, two, one countdown. And when I point to you, just give us your best verbal awkward goodbye, and I will stop the recording from there. Is that something you might be comfortable with? I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Right. What a Super great awkward. idea. <laughs> okay. Here we go. In. Yeah. Oh, we got, uh, sorry. One. Oh, uh, mm, uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's, oh, it's super fun. Um, Oh, uh, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, get, mm, bye. <laughs> See ya. Ah, it's been nice. So good. Fun. And don't tell anyone about my vomiting story. Whoopsies. Uh, no, I mean, you can because I did it for the, okay, I'm going to go now. Uh, this is, yep. Yeah. Goodbye. Thank you. Yay. <laughs>